global crisis. Bible prophecy. Health and preparedness. You're just in time. 11th Hour Dispatch. Father in heaven, we pray for your Holy Spirit to come upon us in power to convict, to draw us into a relationship with Jesus Christ that will prepare us for the coming days ahead. And we know that we live in tumultuous times, but we know that you are our shield and our very great reward. And we rest in that assurance today. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to 11th Hour Dispatch. I am Scott Ritzema, your host for another 30-minute news experience with uh, basically prophetic indicators and signs from the Bible becoming the news headlines of our day. And as if right on cue, we might expect right in Revelation 13, it says the whole world will wonder after the beast. It says the whole world will be joining together in one religio-political common global ethical viewpoint of what is in vogue today is tolerance and and mutually um, assured acceptance of every form of immorality and individual expression of human sin. Of course, we want to all express our creativity because we're image bearers of God and we've all been given that power to think and to do a power akin to that of the Creator as being in His image. But all of those gifts that He has given to us to be small c creators. We have now so abused in our age where it becomes do what thou wilt. The philosophy of Aleister Crowley, top Satanist of the 20th century, where we simply say, I'm going to self-actualize every impulse and everything that I think is me, which is really just a program that has been downloaded into the psyche of the mass population by the propaganda artists of the mainstream media and the worldly schools of our age. And so this just in, we've got ChristianNews.net, two jurisdictions under the United Methodist Church have nominated openly homosexual candidates for bishop, despite prohibitions against such appointments. Karen Oliveto, David Meredith, and Frank Wolf were all nominated during the meetings of the Western and North Central jurisdictions last month, with their nomination being publicly announced earlier this week by, quote, Reconciling Ministries, a homosexual advocacy group that professes to be Christian. Executive Director Matt Berryman asserted that their nomination was led by, quote, the Holy Spirit. And my friends, we have to be savvy in these times. When people are out there saying, you know, this is the loving and tolerant and kind and accepting and and reconciling thing to do, and it's led by the Holy Spirit, boy, is that a good marketing campaign. Boy, is that convincing so many people. But is it biblical? Is it true? Well, Asking that question has, has almost become uh, an, uh, an artifact of a bygone era. Nobody cares about what is true anymore, what is absolute anymore. These things are considered to be the province of bigots and hateful uh, racists and anti-homosexual people. Well, are we that? As believers in the Bible, are we anti-anybody? No, we have a common humanity. We want everybody to be lifted up and come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. 
that's what it's really all about. To receive the everlasting gospel, to experience a transformation of character, salvation in a word. And so I report on this news and it saddens my heart to see the churches which the Bible refers to collectively, the fallen churches and deceptions of our age as Babylon, deception, confusion, they're now accepting every form of sinful expression because it's in vogue, because it's trendy, it's tolerant, and it's the thing you're supposed to do today. Well, that sounds like a good one-world ethic coming together to form a whole world wondering after the beast scenario. And how about this one? The Canadian Appeals Court has just ruled that a Christian law school can be now denied accreditation due to its biblical beliefs about the institution of marriage. So think about that. As a Christian institution, if you teach biblical marriage in our age, in Canada, there's there's uh, threats coming down in California, as I've reported on on the broadcast in the past. We're looking at a time where teaching these things and believing these things can be called hate speech and can cause you to be denied accreditation. So we're, we've got to get start getting ready to be educating in a pro, post-accreditation context. Or if you're Christian Mingle, you ever heard of the dating website Christian Mingle? The option apparently is just to roll over and buckle under the pressure. Very sad news here. A dating site known as Christian Mingle has agreed to open its website for matching homosexuals following a class action discrimination suit filed in federal court. Being a Christian identifying site, Christian Mingle currently only offers the options of a man seeking a woman or a woman seeking a man. But two homosexual men who went to the site found that it did not provide an option for those seeking a romantic homosexual relationship, so they sued. And now you have Christian Mingle saying, we're going to go ahead and add homosexual dating to our Christian dating website. You know, it says in the Bible that in the last days there would be a moral crisis. This this program is, is all about the signs that point toward the nearness of Christ's return, right? And there's a reason that we open it up with a global crisis, because whether it's on the economic front, the geopolitical front, the civil unrest and terrorism and violence, or the moral crisis and the breakdown of the family, it's like everything is falling apart in our time, which tells us that the weeds and the wheat are growing together, right? You've got the weeds growing up, demonstrating the fruits of wickedness in our age. And that's not something to celebrate. But it is an indicator that we are coming to a epic and exciting time, the soon coming of Jesus. I want to report also on what Washington Post had to say about vice presidential candidate Mike Pence. Now, this, this is not something to jump in and weigh in and take sides, this side or the other. This is a news program. This is about the Bible and the signs of the times. And yes, about religious liberty. And so, you know, we'll talk about political news as it relates to the important themes of, of religious freedom. But, you know, oftentimes there's more than meets the eye when it comes to what's happening in the political jockeying for power in our age and who the people are that are positioning themselves in these seats of power in our, in our country. What you may or may not know is that Mike Pence refers to himself as a, quote, born-again evangelical Catholic. 
a born-again evangelical Catholic. Now, those listening might say, well, that sounds like a contradiction of terms. Born-again evangelical usually refers to, you know, Protestant Christians who are, you know, very far from being Roman Catholic, but he is both. So he's a born-again evangelical Catholic. This is the same type of terminology used to describe the uh, Anglican bishop who hosted the Charismatic Ministers Conference just a couple of years ago, where the Pope came in via a video-recorded message to these Charismatic Ministers, and Bishop Tony Palmer was his name, Anglican bishop who has since died. He called himself the same thing, a born-again evangelical Anglican Catholic, He said, I'm, and Charismatic. He says, I'm all of these things. What is the significance of this? The Bible refers to a counterfeit Christian movement in the last days that poses as being religious, correct, biblical, loving, good, but it's a deception. And it's a one-world system, a one-world religion under the papal power of Rome. Now, if you're going, where, where is this coming from in Revelation? Revelation is described in symbolic terms. So to decode those prophecies... You simply have to let the Bible interpret the Bible, and these symbols interpret themselves in the scriptures themselves. So to get the full backstory on that sort of thesis statement about how there's a one-world religion forming under the papal power of the Vatican, visit BibleProphecyTruth.com, and you'll see how the Protestant world is increasingly compromising what it means to believe in justification by faith alone, sola scriptura, the Bible as our sole rule of faith and authority, and Jesus Christ as the one true Savior, and not needing human mediators, and not needing the sacraments of a institutional church to be the, the, the medium of grace. No, Jesus Christ is the medium of grace through the Holy Spirit. And these grand and epic truths that came out of 1517, the Protestant Reformation, are starting to fade away. And so this is why I see it significant that Pence referred to himself as a born-again evangelical Catholic. Because when all the religions of the world unite, we are seeing Bible prophecy move forward. And this is very significant. Because it also has a political angle to it. When you see the uniting of these forces with political agendas... And many of these you would, I'm sure, agree with as a Christian. You, you know, you have a lot of good things being promoted. You know, life for the unborn and, and, and uh, a standing up for biblical values in a more traditional way in the family and all of these things. But then you see, uh, you know, they, they have a phrase in, in political science that, that politics makes strange bedfellows. So when, when you define your religion as a political agenda... It starts to bring you together with others of like mind, but then you might start making compromises. Like this recent conference that was held in Washington, D.C. of all of these different Protestant speakers and bands and worship groups. And, and of course, the Pope said, hey, I'm a part of this. I endorse this. We're all coming together. It's a unity conference that was held in Washington, D.C. just last week. These are the moves toward the one world global religion that we're talking about. And so keep your eye on that. And uh, my friends, our kingdom is not of this world, right? Our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm patriotic, red, white, and blue through and through. I love the U.S. Constitution, the Bill of Rights. I love the Declaration of Independence. You've heard me speak about that to a great length on this broadcast because these principles of religious liberty reflect the character of God. And I love talking about those themes. But ultimately, our number one allegiance is not with throwing our 
hat and linking and yoking up with a political party or political candidates. And that's not to say, you know, we, we should vote our conscience. We should do, you know, our civic duty and be a part of the, the process. But as a church, as a people, we don't identify and say, we're this group, we're these guys, we're those guys. No, we're with Jesus and the Bible and the Bible alone. And to each their own as they seek the Lord's leading in how we should take our stand on religious liberties related issues in these last days. And we'll continue to speak and advocate for those because they are important. And I believe they're under threat in our time in a major way. But how about this one? Preparing for war. Russian citizens stockpiling up on essentials, essential supplies. Moscow residents buying matches and salt as fears of new NATO conflict accelerate. Report by Paul Joseph Watson. Russian citizens across the country are stocking up on essential supplies like salt, matches, and buckwheat in preparation for war. Speaking war with the West, war with with Western Europe and the United States. This was reported by Jill Doherty, a CNN foreign affairs correspondent who has been traveling throughout Russia, the Baltic region, to Georgia, to Russia. The, quote, talk of war is everywhere, she said. Now, that's pretty amazing. To, you know, in the West, we're, we're pretty naive. We, we know what's happening with the ball game and American Idol or whatever else is on. I don't follow it. But over there, they're, they're going, man, this is getting serious. The, the rhetoric is rising. Wars and rumors of wars. That's a fulfillment of Bible prophecy. What will we see and when? Who knows? We'll keep our eye on it. And we'll be right back after the break. You're listening to 11th Hour Dispatch with author, teacher, and speaker Scott Ritzmer. For more programs and information, visit 11thHourDispatch.com. Did you know that heavily rhythmic music, which is basically all popular music today, can actually alter your state of consciousness? Musician William Ora explains, quote, We had discovered something that people knew eons ago, that polyrhythms can be used for hypnotic induction, for altered states of consciousness, even for soul travel. And drummer and percussion scholar Mickey Hart agrees. Everywhere you look around the world, he says, people are using drums to alter consciousness. I have discovered, along with many others, the extraordinary power of music, particularly percussion, to influence the human mind and body. And Jimi Hendrix said, We make our music so loose and hard-hitting that it hits your soul hard enough to make it open. Get informed, folks. Truth is stranger than fiction. Google the words Media on the Brain to learn more. Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend, who would have thought that a lamb could rescue the soul? Oh, you rescue the souls of men. And we are back. This is 11th Hour Dispatch. Scott Ritzema, your host here for more news and information. And I, I want to urge upon you once again, 11thHourDispatch.com. This website contains all of the previous broadcasts, so you can keep up on the news that you've missed in the past. 
news like this. We've got a real environmental issue. I know that a lot of the environmental movement has, has spiritualist origins, population control agendas, globalist new world order angles to it. But how about some very real concerns in the degradation of our world? The Bible says in Revelation that God will destroy those who destroy the earth. So there's a prophecy that there will actually be legitimate environmental degradation. Los Angeles Times reports, International Gene Editing Conference declines to ban eventual use of humans. The United States National Academies of Science, Engineering, and Medicine, along with the United Kingdom's Royal Society and the Chinese Academy of Science, issued a statement on the final day of a three-day colloquy. In the statement, the gathered scientists did not close the door on the eventual clinical use of such germline editing in which the DNA of eggs, sperm, or embryos are altered in ways that would be carried by all of the cells of a resulting child and passed on to subsequent generations as a part of the human gene pool. What in the world did that say? (laughs) You might not be into the scientific terminology. Basically, they're talking about a future where, in fact, speculations are this is already going on. They're practicing it on primates, and this is coming in in the near future. But they had an opportunity here to put out a statement and say, "Eh, we really don't want genetically modified humans. We don't want to be messing with the germline editing. In other words, going right to the, the DNA of the eggs and the sperm and the embryos, which would alter the DNA, and then those alterations would be subsequently passed on. And so you would now have a genetically modified strain of human DNA that has, you have another species maybe? I don't know what you would call that. It's certainly something different, an altered variety of human beings. And they, they said, we will not rule this out. That's the news. They've said, we will not rule that out. This could happen in the future, and we, we're not going to weigh in and say, this is not good. We're not going to say it's not good. Double negative. We're, we're okay with it. The panel says, as scientific knowledges, knowledge advances and societal views evolve, the clinical use of germline editing should be revisited on a regular basis. So in other words, we're okay with it for now. We'll take a look at it again in the future. Meanwhile, the science is moving forward. California Institute of Technology biologist David Baltimore, who chaired the proceedings, said the organizing committee for the International Summit on Human Gene Editing steered away from using any terms, including ban or moratorium, that would stifle ongoing research on the clinical use of gene editing short of its use to establish a pregnancy. That's a pretty important environmental issue. How about this one on the environment topic? InfoWars reports, early exposure to agricultural pesticides may harm children's lungs. Even more than secondhand smoke, researchers from the University of California, Berkeley, are saying. The study links organophosphate pesticide metabolites in the urine of 279 children aged six months to five years living in the Salinas Valley with, so it links those children with high pesticide content with decreased lung function. The longitudinal study followed children from birth up to adolescence. Researchers gave children a test to assess their ability to take deep breaths and then expel the air at the age of seven. For every tenfold increase in concentrations of of organophosphate metabolites, in other words, the pesticide residues, for every tenfold increase in that, there was a 159 millimeter decrease in lung function. That's about 8% less air. The decrease in breathing ability is similar to that which is caused by exposure to secondhand smoke from mothers. The kids in our study with higher pesticide exposure had lower breathing capacity 
said Rachel Rainin, the study author. If the reduced lung function persists into adulthood, it could leave our participants at greater risk of developing respiratory problems like COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. In addition to the fact, by the way, that they just don't breathe as well. They're 10% or you know, 8%, almost, almost 10% less breathing capacity. That's not a good thing. Earlier studies had focused on the harmful effects of organophosphate pesticides on adult agricultural workers. These chemicals target the nervous system. This is the first evidence suggesting that children exposed to organophosphates have poorer lung function, said study author Brenda Eskenazi, a professor at UC Berkeley. The study didn't examine how the children were exposed to the pesticides, but the team warned that farm workers should remove their clothes and shoes before entering homes. They also said that children should be kept away from the nearby fields when they are being sprayed with pesticides, and people should shut their windows on those days. Washing fruits and vegetables before eating them can also remove some of the pesticides. Of course, organic is going to always be the best option. Eating organic food won't have any of the stuff where you have to wash off and then you only got some of it off. In fact, there was a study in February of 2015, Washington School of Public Health, found that people who ate organic produce had significantly lower levels of, guess what, organophosphate pesticide exposures compared with those who were eating conventionally grown, commercially grown produce. May 2014, another study in the Journal of Environmental Research showed that participants who ate an 80% organic diet had 89% less pesticide residue in their urine than participants who ate, ate conventionally grown produce. And all it took was one week of organic eating in order to see the organophosphate metabolites decreasing. Well, that's good news. You can make a dramatic change really quickly. Start eating organic whenever you can. Organophosphates are still widely used, though, even though this, this, this research has been out that it's affecting people in a negative way. And you know it's going to because it's not healthy. It's, it's a chemical. You don't want these uh, synthetic toxicants in your body. You want good, healthy, nutritious food that's pure going into your body. Obviously, right? That goes without saying. But you, you got research now confirming organophosphates are not good for you. Glyphosate is not good for you. We got to be eating organic whenever we can. Organophosphates are still widely used, and the authors write about the newest findings in the journal Thorax, but their residential use was largely phased out in the mid-2000s. Organophosphate use has dropped in California from 4.6 million pounds to 3.5 million pounds, and the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, EPA, proposed last month eliminating all agricultural uses of chlorophyros, one of the most heavily used organophosphates, and other others also are under evaluation. So we see some progress here. The Probably the single biggest marketing pitch and trend in the economy is healthy living. I mean, everything is green. You see it on the cover of all the magazines, how to improve your health, how to get antioxidants, how to eat organic. I mean, the organic section of the stores has exploded in the last 12 years. My wife and I started going for healthy foods in, in 2004. It was really hard to find anything. And now it's taken over the store shelves. Very encouraging to see this development. ChristianNews.net reports, a bench placed in memory of a toddler that was killed in September in a hit-and-run car accident has been removed from a public park after officials said that permission was not obtained to place it. 
And that that's an assertion that the family denies. They said they did get permission to put this bench out as a memorial to their child. Mason Roten was 16 months old when a car pushed the vehicle his father was driving off the road and into a tree, and the tree subsequently fell and crushed the child in his seat. Last weekend, a memorial was placed in Elkin Municipal, Municipal Park near the playground that Roten and his brother would like to play at each week. The bench included the child's name and the quotation from Psalm 127, verse 3, along with two cut-out crosses that said, Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from Him. Roten's mother, Heather, told reporters, One day we come down here with this beautiful bench and tears of joy, and now it's being taken away, as if we hadn't been through enough already. I could just not believe, I just could not believe, that they would take something away from my precious little baby like that. Political correctness, because it had these Bible verses on it, presumably in crosses, trumps this poor grieving family. Because, after all, somebody might be offended by the cross. We live in an insane world, do we not? In fact, it gets even more amazing when it comes to this issue of expressions of religion. ChristianNews.net reports the television network Oxygen has announced the second round of its controversial preacher reality show, this time following the Georgia ministers, including one rap artist, a female preacher with a rocker hairdo and a tutu, and a Grammy award-winning gospel singer who admits that she passes out cigarettes and condoms on the streets. Yes, a gospel singer doing that. These preachers living this worldly lifestyle, and they promote this. They put this up on the media as an expression of Christianity. But then on the flip side, a British cinema firm has denied the request of the Church of England to run an advertisement featuring the Lord's Prayer, stating that the content might cause offense to some viewers. The 60-second commercial, which features a variety of everyday citizens reciting the words of Christ of the Lord's Prayer, was set to play next month, but it has been banned. We're living in an amazing time. I'll tell you something. Secularism is on the march. But, you know, that always makes me remember that the final controversy and the final coercion and, and, and force of worship in the last days... In Revelation 13 is not an enforcement of some sort of socialist, communist, secularist utopia that annihilates any Christian expressions. No, 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 no. What's coming is an enforcement of a counterfeit Christianity. And so all of this that we're reading about where a park bench with crosses on it is removed or the one from a while back where the, the guy who wrote Jesus is Lord and, and hired that, you know, um, purchased and rented the the park benches not the park benches the uh, the bus stop benches as an advertisement to to promote Jesus Christ to put that on there and get people thinking about the lord the church of england that wanted to do the advertisements with the lord's prayer all of these things being stamped out it might offend somebody even though the person has paid for it equal access and opportunity under the law no more if you're a religion that might offend somebody like christianity but remember what's coming in the future will be all of the precedents for stamping out freedom of speech and freedom of religion will be applied selectively on religions that are out of the mainstream. 
on a religion, the religion, the true biblical religion, and, and, and it following of the teachings of Jesus Christ, that truth, which insists on obedience to God, that will be the one that comes under target in the final days. All this, what we're seeing right now, is just an opening salvo. It's just a, pre- a preparatory, precedent-setting phase that you can outlaw certain religions. And then you get one religion out there that's blowing people up and doing crazy things in radical Islam. And then after that, well, you can just imagine it. We can't allow fundamentalist religions anymore. Hateful, bigoted people. Look what kind of things they end up doing. Get ready, folks. The persecution is coming our way. Fix your eyes upon Jesus. To financially support this broadcast, visit 11thHourDispatch.com. Here's Scott Ritzema with another final minute message. Unhealthy food, process addiction. 35% of all Americans are obese. And nearly all rats become addicted and obese when given standard American food. The addictive pull of food is just as much or more than the addictive pull of drugs. And I'm talking about unhealthy food here. We're talking about the standard American diet. And with gaming, it's the same thing. Philip Zimbardo has pointed out that with these high-tech dopamine sources, boys' brains are being digitally rewired. This means that they are totally out of sync in romantic relationships, which build gradually. And by the way, if that's hard to grow a relationship with a fellow human in today's world with the brains being retrained the way they have, how much more is it going to be difficult to build a relationship with Jesus Christ? So that's what I'm more concerned about. This is a very serious thing. Brought to you by Belt of Truth Ministries.org.